What's poppin' everybody? Welcome back to The Sofa. This week, I'm joined by Izzy Dumo, a sophomore Bible and business major from San Jose, California. Ooh, fancy spots. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, guys. So, last week, Lucas and I discussed what the term shadow self encompassed, along with ways of facing your shadow. Uh, and to recap and clarify on a few things that uh, I feel like I didn't explain super well, your shadow self is the activation of untamed emotions that influence both thoughts and behaviors. Uh, shadows usually stem from gifts. Um, and they can be reflected by outbursts of emotions like anger, jealousy, lust, and greed. Uh, and that's just to name a few. And shadows aren't necessarily the same thing as sin. They can be reflected by sin, but they're not necessarily the same. Uh, they can just be weaknesses or past wounds that affect you in your day-to-day -day life. The interesting thing about the idea of a person's shadow self is that it's unique to each individual. Facts. Facing a shadow can be very intimidating. Um, and the self-projective part of us can be very quick to try and find legitimate ways to avoid reflection or even justify the sins that we find ourselves entangled in. But reflection is so, so, so important because choosing to ignore your shadow limits your growth as a person. Your shadow can like really just affect you in a lot of ways. And I think one of the things that holds us back from reflecting and facing our shadow self is simply the shame and guilt that comes along with your shadow. Yeah, and this week we want to specifically focus on the guilt and the shame that comes along naturally with the person's shadow, as well as guilt and shame that come along with sin. Um, honestly, I found that a lot of my guilt and shame stem from me not understanding who I am. Mm. Shame and guilt are often a result of misplacing and misunderstanding my own identity. And when I'm feeling these heavy emotions, it's usually because I'm not seeing myself um, as a spirit-filled, beloved child of God, and I'm seeing myself more as a broken sinner. So as we previously touched on, when facing your shadow self or just sin in general, it's pretty natural that there are going to be some feelings of guilt and shame that arise. Guilt and shame are self-conscious emotions that stem from past regrets or mistakes or past hurts. And guilt and shame caused by sin, honestly, has the ability to cause feelings of isolation and can pretty much deceive us in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think the feelings of isolation bit is really big. And I would even go on to say that shame and guilt really stem from three main things. Um, there's just the hurt of sin. Uh, sin, um, it's said that it's kind of what separates us from God, but really it's just, it's something that really affects you in a big way. Um, but also I feel like one thing that's even more important than that is our fear of judgment from other people. Mm -hmm. um, society in America uh, is just so focused on only showing the good and ignoring and hiding the bad. And this is such an unhealthy mentality to have. You see this in social media. You see this in local town gossip. I mean, I saw that coming from a small town. People would talk about people would talk about people behind their backs and things like that. And um, another thing that shame and guilt can stem from is just the feeling that you are alone and that you are isolated in your sin. Yeah, um, it definitely holds you back from being your fullest self. I mm -hmm, think sure. um, it can make you feel alone and broken and. I know for me, I have a tendency to shy away from confessing my sins because I'm afraid that no one will understand. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's really just easiest to hide it out of the fear um, that people will see my brokenness and my lack of perfection. It is a valid fear to have, and people are crazy judgmental nowadays. Unfortunately, I'm guilty of this too. But the problem is that we alone are not able to be perfectly sinless. Alone, I am broken and will never be able to do enough good works to ever possibly cover our sin. 
but there's grace for that, mm-hmm. luckily. <laughs> and yeah. rooting my identity in um, my isolated sins completely cuts out the grace that God has given me and the new identity that I'm given because I have faith in his name. So the question then arises, how do we as Christians respond to the guilt and shame and begin to shift our focus from our shadow selves to the light that God has anchored our identity in? Yeah, I think now is a really good time to look into Revelation 22 and see where God has planned us to be anchored before we talk about how to make that shift of focus. Mm. Revelation says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. So throughout the Bible, rivers are used as a symbol of God's provision so that we can see here at the beginning of the chapter that God has been pouring out these blessings straight from his throne and into our lives. And reading on, the writer says, that on each side of the river, there stood a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit and yielding its fruit in every month. Okay, so here we see this awesome picture being painted of these two trees on the side of this river of literal blessings, soaking up all of that good stuff that God's got for him. That's such a cool image. And we've seen these trees before in Psalm 1, where it's written that a righteous person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Right. So again, this image of a tree soaking up everything God has made for them. And not only are they soaking it all up, like Galatians 5 says, they're also going to produce good fruit. And those fruits that they're talking about are the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, we all know them. And um, we are made to be like those trees anchored on the side of that river. And we were created to produce good fruit. I kind of think about it like you are what you eat. And if you get the goodness, then you're going to become the goodness. I love that. You are what you eat. That's amazing. Okay. So uh, talking about what we know about where we are made to be planted, how do we respond to shame and guilt so that we can be shifting our focus from the shadow of life? I think about the beginning of Psalm 34, uh, where the writer writes, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. And I love this verse because I love the intention that the psalmist brings to the effects of focusing on the light instead of the darkness. So seeing the good instead of the bad, just simply. Yeah. And I think that the end part of that verse is super, super special. That idea of focusing on the light is powerful enough to take away the cover of shame. And when you read this verse, I have this picture in my head. I'm a big picture gal, apparently. I have this picture in my head. Um, of me changing from my dirty work clothes to a clean outfit before going out again. It's like, I have to be clean before I go out and see other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. I actually do encourage you being clean. (laughs) But what's so awesome about God is that he's already made us clean. Yeah. And I think that's that's such a cool image. So focusing on the good and trying to be around good. Um, But going back to the question of how to deal with shame and guilt. Yeah, I'm still figuring that out, honestly. Um, For me, a lot of my shame and guilt are rooted in my failures, the things that I can't fix and my inability, my inability to accomplish things by (laughs) myself. I was telling my dig group this last week, but it's hard for me to give up control. And a lot of my shadow self is made up of the effects of thinking that I can do everything by myself. And I started making my identity into my accomplishments. And when I failed, it caused a ton of hurt. And I'm finally starting to understand that I can't do everything on my own. And I think one part of wrestling with these emotions is to reflect and to see where I'm putting my identity. 
because I was putting mine in my own abilities when in reality, God created me to do things with him, not by myself. And that's why as followers of Christ, we need to have our identities deeply rooted in Christ Jesus. Amen. If we give our shame and our guilt to God, he has the power to forgive and redeem all wrongdoings just by shedding his light on them. Go off. That's amazing. And giving control of our identities to God is, well, it's by no means easy. Uh, I don't think surrender comes naturally to anyone. Uh, I think usually we fight and ignore God to chase something we don't really want rather than taking freely what God provides. Yeah. And what he provides is freedom from guilt and shame. Um, if we as human beings can humble ourselves and accept the full truth that through God we are made perfect, the power of shame and guilt will slowly lose its hold on us and we can begin to live our lives more fully. So remember that no matter what you've done, you have a new identity in Christ Jesus. You don't have to worry what the world thinks of you because you have a Savior who loves and adores you. In the words of Aidan Wilson Tozer, in oneself nothing and God everything. This week, we encourage you to seek God first in everything, especially in your identity. Show the reckless love of God through compassion and grace for others. I just want to point out, by the way, guys, this is a little, little bonus feature. Um, Izzy does not like the song Reckless Love. Um, so definitely give her some hate for that. Um, uh, I'm sorry. All right. That's it.